1: that's a good idea if your pedal ball goes down and it's got like 300 meters worth of uh or <laughs> feet of, of patch lead cabling and you're trying to you know diagnose of where the fault is yeah so maybe that's that's something again to do once you get home but just rip off the two the two pedals you really need to get you through the rest of the gig chuck a nine volt battery in them and and um, yeah, crack on.
0: Greetings! Welcome to another Guitar Smarts podcast. Thanks for downloading. So here in the UK, we're now approaching what we hope is the end of lockdown. And, and at some point in June, uh, all restrictions will be lifted. And we're hoping to get to some level of normalcy again. And that means gigging. Uh, the is starting to fill with gigs. We're going to have more places to go and play our guitar, turn it up loud, and finally get back to doing what we love doing. But... Are you gig ready? Is your equipment in a good enough state to be gigged? Have you been taking care of things? Are you prepared? Are you gig fit? So this week we are talking about all of that stuff. The Scout's Guide to Being Gig Ready. Um, tell us what you think in the comments on our social media pages. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts. And we're also over on Instagram at guitar underscore smarts. That's where you can find us. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, remember to subscribe or follow so that your device will automatically download every time there's a new podcast and you don't miss a show. Anyway, thanks very much again for downloading. Let's get to it. How are you doing,
1: Karen? You all right? I'm great. I'm really good, mate. I'm looking forward to today's podcast episode because uh, this appeals to quite a lot of my OCD natures in terms of like making sure you've got everything you need and making sure that everything is in order. Because before we know it, we might be out and gigging again soon and lockdown might have ended and we're going to need to get ready to to get back out there.
0: I've got gigs in the diary that are not yet cancelled and are after the date when lockdown's meant to go completely back to normal. So, yeah, this this is important. Um, So what is it we're talking about?
1: So, so we thought it'd be a really good idea because, as you say, gigs are in the diary and uh, here in the UK on the 21st of June, so in a few weeks' time, we're hoping that things will start to feel a little bit more normal in terms of uh, lifting of restrictions. And for us, that means that we can get back out there and start uh, playing again and to that end, it means we need to get all of our gear ready. That's been sitting there for like, what, 18 months? <laughs> yeah. uh, making sure, obviously, the obvious things like plugging in everything, testing it, making sure it all works, uh, dusting off the pedal boards and you know getting our guitars uh, ready. But we've spoken about that before in the podcast, right? How to keep yeah. your guitars in good nick and general maintenance so, you know, those guitars and, and things could behave while we were practicing during lockdown. But we thought what would be really good to, to chat through today is uh, what we're calling the Boy Scouts Guide to Gigging. So this this mentality of always being prepared. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I always like to have like a, a bag, like a grab bag that um, is always packed with a bunch of things that generally stay in that bag um, for the sole purpose of, of being put in the boot and then accompanying me to a gig um, in case some eventuality happens, something goes wrong, and I've got in this bag something to, to bail me out of, of trouble or just some things that I'll need that is beyond the kind of standard list of <clears throat> bring your guitar, bring your amp, uh, yeah. et cetera. So it's kind of your lifeline bag that you you take with you to a, to a gig.
0: Exactly, yeah. It's your first aid kit, isn't it, for your... For your yeah, gig, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and exactly. I, don't, I don't have a separate bag for it, but it's it's always the front pocket of my gig bag for me. You know, my pedal board case has got my pedal board and my cables in my um. You know, I've got my amp or my my cabinet in the other hand, and then the guitar bag with the guitars in it, because it's a dual guitar case that I've got. So I'll just like throw it on oh my bag. yeah, both guitars in, and then a big pocket on the front, and that's where all my get out of jail items <laughs> that's <where they> live. <laughs>
1: So this is going to have to be a pretty big pocket because you and I have been uh, making some notes and yeah. um, <clears throat> we've come up with a list of about uh, 20 things uh, that could feature in this in this bag. Now I, I dare say for, for, for our listeners. Uh, some of these uh, items on the list are going to be fairly standard and fairly obvious right but you know for for people that are getting new to gigging and people have formed bands and 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 made a commitment to join bands during lockdown maybe this will be an entirely new list to them um, that they can take in its entirety and for the gigging guitarist that's out there and is just getting back out after lockdown maybe there'll be one or two things in there that you think oh yeah I'll I'll chuck that in the bag and I haven't uh, carried one of those before, but yeah, Matt and Kieran are right. Maybe I should be uber prepared because I might need it. Uh, <laughs> who knows? <You> never know. <laughs> who knows? One day you might. You thank us Yeah. Now, now we've made this list. You know, you know, uh, something's going to go wrong on our first gig, and we're going to need one of these things. So, um, so yeah, let's let's get into it, shall we? Let's, let's get into go. it.
0: So, so we've got our grab bag, right? You, and it might be a little hard case or just a backpack or something mm. like that. But what's what's the number one thing that you would in your grab bag so <clears throat> i think uh
1: the, probably the first thing and let's start with some of the really obvious things and then we can maybe get into the some of the more obscure things on the on the list of 20 but the o- obvious things is um make sure that you have got a spare set of strings right yes, um, absolutely. because a string breakage um happens and when it happens, uh, it ha- generally happens when you least expect it, obviously. And if you haven't got the stuff that you need to quickly make that string change, uh, then you're going to be in a bit of a bind. So I would always say um, carry a full set of strings as spare and not just the toppy or, 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 you know, some of the lighter gauge strings that you think are more susceptible to breaking because it can, it can happen to any string. Um, so keep a spare packet in your grab bag or, or, your, or your first aid kit or whatever you want to call it for gigging and, um, and just leave it in there. Like, Don't be tempted to, to utilise that pack for you know, your next string change on one of your guitars at home or an, et cetera because you'll right. invariably forget to replace
0: it. Yeah. So this isn't your general string stock that you would use for setting up your guitars, changing strings at home, preparing your guitars. This, is, but this, is, this set of strings is only for that situation where you might. Yeah, right. To exactly.
1: Exactly. Right. Cause I, th- cause I, I've got like a, like a, a little um, <clears throat> container here of all kinds of different strings for different types of guitars. And that's, that's there for, you know, setting up people's guitars and, and keeping my own in good condition. But I always have, a, and, and I try and forget that they're even there. Right. So I don't inadvertently use them, but I, in the, in that gig bag, there's a couple of packets of strings that just stay in there so that I know if I'm ever out on a gig, I don't have to worry about a string breakage. I've got the strings there and I've got a full set or even two full sets, depending on if it's different gauges for different guitars, to just to just get me out of trouble.
0: Simple as that, really. How about you? You're always, you always taking spare strings? I always take a set of spare strings with me, sometimes a couple of sets. You can buy a lot of uh, a lot of the big string manufacturers now will sell strings in kind of three packs. So you have three sets within that pack. I find that's a good thing to keep because then if you do need to use a set, maybe you've got a gig on a Friday and on a Saturday, you don't have the time to replace your spur set. If you do need to use any of them on a gig, then having like a set of three is a good thing to have as your spur. Um, and I've invariably found over the years, I end up building up kind of like a bag of unused strings, you know, yes. from packs that you've kind of raided for the odd string. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. And a good like, thing to do with that is keep it organised from high to low gauge and. What I've seen somebody else do before is use an old CD wallet that you might have in your car to keep like 20 or 30 okay. CDs in and use that to put your strings in. So one wallet might be a 10 gauge, one wallet might be a 13s and just organise them like that and have a little CD wallet off to the side full of lots of random strings to kind of keep you out of jail. But I guess that's just keeping organised, right?
1: It is, yeah. That's super organised. I hadn't even appreciated the thought of, of keeping them all like that. Mine tend to kind of... get bundled together with an elastic band around them to keep them there. And so long as I I know which, which one is, which that's, that's generally fine. But yeah, I like the idea of that CD wallet to kind of keep, um, all those, uh, ones that kind of accumulate from, from, you know, part, part packs that you've dipped into. I mean, that's probably the, the number one thing on the list, right? Number two would be if you have the luxury of it and you can, and I would highly advise it is, is a spare guitar because, you know <clears throat> there's nothing quicker if you break a string than just being able to put down your current guitar and pick up a new one that you've got or your, your spare one rather uh, that's 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 next to you and and then you can you can change the strings that broke or string that broke uh, at the interval or something so i w- i would probably say number 2 on the list is 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 bring a bring another guitar that that you can utilize um,
0: absolutely yeah. I, last year I invested, say invested, didn't exactly spend a huge amount of money, uh, but I went on to that fantastic you know, German uh, distributor, Tomann, and I oh, yeah, purchased Tomann, from yeah. them one of their own branded uh, dual guitar gig bags. So right. it'll take two right. guitars in separate compartments. And it wasn't expensive. It was, I think it was about 40 quid, something like that, delivered. Mm-hmm. It's really well padded. The zips on it are fantastic. Loads of storage space. And I got that purely for the convenience of, um, you know, I, I don't wanna to have to carry two cases to the gig. I I want to be able okay. to get out of the car and make one trip from the car to the gig. So <laughs> I thought I'll get a case I can put both guitars in. And also now, um, I mean, I I I don't have an excuse not to take both guitars to a gig and have a spur because yeah. I don't want to be cursing myself and think, oh, if I'd have just brought the other guitar, I wouldn't be stood here yeah, for five yeah, minutes yeah. changing a string with everyone watching me. So yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cool. Cool all right so spare strings spare guitar these are the these are the kind of uh basic uh et- etiquettes right as a guitarist turning up to a gig because there's nothing worse for your band as well if uh, if, if you're unable to to play your, your instrument because of something so simple as a, as a string break right <clears throat> it's kind of expect expected you will you will be there to quickly change a string or even better um pull out the spare guitar all right, so next things uh, on the list. Uh, maybe let's talk about some, some tools to get the, the job done. So, um, well, let's stay on the, the theme of, of uh, you know, everyone's worst nightmare, breaking, breaking mm. the string. <clears throat> um,
0: well, maybe not everyone's worst nightmare. <laughs> there, there are
1: worse things that could happen. Gig, sure.
0: Unless the <laughs> string snaps and like comes and whips you up in the face and cuts you. That as could a... be pretty bad. Yeah, that yeah. could be pretty bad. Anyway, <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> you look up and realize that you've forgotten to put your trousers on that day, your pants, and you're just standing there naked. That's, That's that could, be bad. Quickly. That could be bad. Yeah, <laughs> is
0: that just my reoccurring nightmare? Might I just be yours, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I know where you're going okay. with this, though. So you say not just having the strings, but also the ability to change them quickly and efficiently
1: yeah exactly exactly uh your adrenaline is going to be pumping you're going to be wanting to uh get that remnant of that broken string that's on that guitar off the guitar quickly and you're going to want to be able to get the new one on quickly and uh be that at the interval because you've been prepared enough to get your, your spare guitar along or because that's your only guitar you've got and you need to get it get it fixed quickly so um you like most of us at home when we're changing uh, strings, we'll have a string winder and a decent pair of string cutters. Um, I would I would highly advocate that you get a spare um, set of these and keep them in in the gig bag. They're not expensive items. Um you know, if you just own one set and use them for home, you'll invariably leave them at home. Um, and I think, you know, you're going to really need them the most and appreciate them the most when you need to get things done quickly. Yeah. So uh, invest, uh, I would say, items three and four, definitely get yourself a, a decent string winder and cutters um, for making quick quick string changes. And uh, I should say we're, we're not sponsored on this, uh, on the Guitar Smarts podcast. Um, Yet, if anyone wants to sponsor us, then, then brilliant, <laughs> please, <laughs> please do. Uh, but having having said that, <clears throat> we've been um, speaking to the guys at Music Nomad uh, and here in the UK, their uh, local UK distributor, HTD, and the guys there have been really kind uh, to um, send us uh, a bunch of stuff for us to, to try out in terms of samples. And they've also sent us a demo pair um, that we can try uh, and tell our audience what we think of their... Um, their string winder or grip winder as they call it and their string cutters uh which they call their grip cutters and i can understand why they've put the word grip into both of the the titles of these they are really nicely ergonomically built and they sit really nicely in the hand um the grip cutters i'm particularly impressed with they're just a really nice size not not too uh uh clumsy in the hand they fit really well they have got a nice little protector over the blades to stop um, it kind of fouling on anything else that's in your gig bag and one side of them is machined nice and flat so you can make uh some really close cuts to the to the string post um, to cut off any of that excess string um and similarly the grip cutters yeah just really nicely designed and Um, I think these Music Nomad products are really, really decent. And then I would say that I think they retail for around the £20 mark each. So um, I would say they're not the cheapest item. Uh, They're not extortionately expensive, but the quality of feel to them is evident. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I've gone through loads of string winders in my life because I've I've made the mistake previously of, of buying those really kind of cheap ones that you see uh, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the guitar shop, shop uh, kind disposable. of counter.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, they are right. They look kind of cheap and plasticky, and they serve a purpose. But I've broken loads of them <laughs> in the past. So, yeah. um, so the, these ones, are, these ones are decent. These ones are really nice. So, yeah, thanks to the guys at, at Music Nomad and HTD for for, for loaning us those. Um, I think they're really, really nifty, and uh, I would definitely advocate um, keeping those in the in the gig bag for for quick. Uh, string changes, uh, especially when you're out on a gig.
0: Fantastic. That's, I think, is that all you need, do you think, if you're changing strings quickly on the fly at a gig? Do you think a, a good um, string winder and some cutters, is uh, those are the essentials?
1: I think, I think, Probably, I think what would be useful as well though if you're kind of changing it at an interval or you you're off to the side of the stage is maybe a clip on tuner to keep that in the gig bag as well um if you i mean I personally keep a tuner on my pedal board but um that's for for use during the gig it's quite often handy to to be able to have uh, a tuner there to to um, to just make it sure it's up to pitch as best as possible. Um, what you might want to do, though, is um, have a set of Allen keys as well in the gig bag. Yes. Um, just in case anything has come, come awry from when you've kind of broken that string and you might want to make some little changes to something like a, a saddle piece, if it's a kind of S-style guitar with, the, with those kind of um, saddle pieces. Or indeed, I would keep a set of Allen keys that kind of pertain to... Your instrument for um, things like truss rod adjustment and stuff while you're while you're at a gig because you know guitars can can change with with different temperatures and things and if you've you know taken your guitar out of a nice warm house put it into your car driven to a gig and you know uh, all of those types of things can happen with temperature that can affect the guitar so I mean. Obviously, let your guitar acclimatise to the gig venue once you've once you've got there, um, and give it a chance to settle in before you make any adjustments. Otherwise, you'd just be chasing chasing the kind of relief on the neck. But yeah, I would say keep keep a couple of Allen keys that kind of pertain to the truss rod adjustment and to the to the saddle uh, pieces uh, handy because um, you might need
0: those. If you play a Floyd Rose guitar, you'll probably need a whole set of Allen keys, right, for, for various different
1: things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, do you know what? Um, it's not too bad if you break one string on a on a on a guitar with a Floyd Rose, because generally the rest of the strings will keep it there or thereabouts. So when you put a new string in and, and apply the tension back, it will you'll rebalance it, but. Yeah, I, I would say it is it is a bit of a pain because it's, if you've got a Floyd Rose with like a locking nut piece on it, you're going to have to undo those, uh, first of all. Then you've got all of the kind of locking pieces that are on the Floyd Rose that keep that string pinned in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, w- I would say if you're taking a guitar with a Floyd Rose to a gig and you break a string, that's definitely a case of having a spare guitar oh, 100%. To, to hand.
0: And and I've had gigs where I've been playing with the the Les Paul and I've broken a string and I've been able to get through maybe a couple of songs before the break or whatever without having to change the string. I've been kind of, I can still, it's the high string. I can get by without it for a couple of songs because, you know, it's a fixed instrument, isn't it? There's no tremolo system on it. It stays in tune, but, you know, I've done gigs where, you know, I've broken a string on the Strat and that's it. I've got, to, I've got to have mm. to stop. Middle of the song, mm. I have to stop and change the guitar because it just goes wildly out of tune, the whole thing, because it's a balanced exact trend. So if you're a player who's got, you know, um, if you've got floating tremolo systems on your guitars, mm. definitely have a spur guitar because you're not going to be able to carry on the moment of string breaks. It's not going to exactly. happen, Exactly.
1: Exactly. I used to tempt fate a lot, you know, on gigs. Was it you? Was it you that I was gigging with? I can't remember if it was you or if it was Damien Lodrick or who else ever it was I was gigging with. I went through a period of just of just tempting fate by, by just saying, "No, nah, I've got spare strings on me. I'm not going to take a spare guitar." And I'd always say, "What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, bring a spare guitar. You, you you've got guitars to bring, so so bring a spare one. Why why worry?" I was like, "No, nah, it's fine. I never break strings." That
0: like driving around without a spare tire isn't it
1: it really is it really is i've had it happen and it's really annoying so yeah
0: sorry to interrupt this super interesting conversation however if you've made it this far maybe you should subscribe to the guitar Smarts podcast go and do that now and then let's get right back to it
1: cool all right i think we've covered off quite
0: quite a bit in terms of uh like the string side of things and actually just to just uh, to point out we We've spoken a lot about the process of changing strings there. One thing I would say is to go back through our older podcasts, go to episode six, Mm. which was part one of that guitar car 101 that you presented. And the first couple of points in that podcast, um, out of a series of things was changing strings. And And that is a really good starting point. If you, if you've never really understood how to change strings properly, sometimes not putting strings on well enough leads to string breakages. So Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with string breakages, go and listen to that podcast and and you can learn a lot about how to better your process for changing your guitar strings.
1: Definitely. And I would say the time you spend learning, and it will take you a few seconds, but figuring out what the exact locking principle is um, when you wrap the string around your particular guitar's tuning post or machine head post, um, that knowledge will pay dividends none more so than when you break a string on a gig because you want to be able to lock that string off, get some wraps around the, the machine head Uh, and tuning post quickly and be able to stretch it very quickly so that it's it stabilizes and if you haven't if you haven't you know attached that string properly and efficiently and effectively to the tuning post you'll find for the rest of the gig it's just drifting in in pitch so yeah that's really good advice Matt go back and and listen to that episode if you haven't um, checked it out and we'll give you give some pointers on on how to do that
0: cool fantastic okay so what what other disasters are you preparing for?
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. We don't want We want to keep tempting fate for these gigs that we, we're going to have in the in the new era post lockdown. But um, yeah, we've 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 got time, so let's so let's be prepared. So other other things, um, yeah, things that kind of worry me when I'm when I'm driving to a gig that I think, oh, did I pack that? Um, are silly things that we can all keep spares of again in the gig bag. So. Spare guitar strap, I think is is, is 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 yeah. Like keep keep a spare guitar strap because you know what are you going to do if you've forgotten your guitar strap? Sit down on top of your amp for the rest of the gig.
0: Exactly just, that. Uh, <laughs> Make one out of gaffer tape.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep keep a spare guitar strap, and uh, you know straps can break or whatever. It's rare, but you know you're more likely to forget your guitar strap. I think, but yeah, um, yeah. So keep a spare one you know just get a cheap one get a cheap one that is not your main guitar strap but if you're in a pinch yeah, it lives and it's in your case you f- yeah exactly or so, do you know what one one thing is about this boy scouts guide um that you've you kind of reminded me of as we were chatting about this uh last week is um it's not just yourself you're looking after by having some of this stuff in the gig bag right it's the rest yeah. of your bandmates as well because uh you're a band. You're a team trying to get through a gig and it. enjoy it. And, it. and if one of you is not having a good gig because they've forgotten their strap or forgotten their patch cable, and so one of their favorite pedals is no longer in the loop, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. If you if you can help help out your band members by by kind of volunteering this stuff forward from your from your kind of little little gig bag, they'll mm. they'll be massively appreciative, and you'll all have a better gig.
0: You'll all have a better gig. You'll be known as the guy who can be relied on you're the prepared guitarist you're more likely to get the gigs Mm. if especially if it's like Mm. a a wedding band that you're depping for you know if you turn up well prepared and you've got all the kit and you you can solve other people's problems as well you're going to get the callbacks and you're going to get calls from other people because they've recommended you to other bands so yeah it doesn't just help you helps your people around you and it can be beneficial to your career as well it's good to be prepared and have things uh, as a backup so definitely so i would have um You know, like you said, I'd have a spur guitar strap, um, but also all the main cables as well. So if I've got a cable from my guitar to my board and from my board to my amp or speaker cable from an amp head to a speaker or whatever, um, I'd want a spur of each of those things because those are super important parts of the, the, well, the essential parts to the signal chain. Without any one of those, um, my rig can't work and therefore I can't gig. So I must have backups for each of them
1: yeah exactly so you know two or three spare little patch cables spare uh you know um jack to jack cables you know a couple of those can can really really bail you out when um when something something goes down um and you'll usually find out about this at sound check right and so you've got time then to go through your bag and and figure out what's wrong in your signal chain and, and and fix it so you know, have that stuff with you, and, and um, it'll get you out of a pinch. I think.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I think that's kind of like the probably a lot of the smaller items and some of the kind of obvious items, right? Here's here's one that I need your advice on because it's something that I've been looking into and and, and haven't made a decision on yet, right? But this is to do with our amps, right? I don't take I don't take a spare amp to a gig now for a long time uh, i was gigging with multi-effects units some of the line six stuff in particular where i was running it through a through a cab um for, for for the onstage sound and my sound and um but i knew that if i needed to i could always run that through a through a desk i had the option of, of yeah. doing that as well if i kind of forgot my cab or the, or the speaker blew out or whatever um I mean, there wasn't necessarily a backup to that plan if the line six went down. But, um, now that I've moved over to this kind of full, full kind of valve amp setup, one of the, one of the things that always concerns me is if I've, if I have a tube that goes out, if I blow a fuse on the amp or or whatever, um, I don't have a, I don't have a backup plan to that. So, um, I'm kind of thinking I need to have some sort of backup amp solution. And there's a few different options for that. Um, what, what 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 was your advice on
0: that? It depends on the approach you take. Like you said, there's a few different options. But the um, mm. first thing to I, I guess point out is as guitarists, that amplifier is multifunctional in a sense because you know that that you've got a blues deluxe, haven't you? Fender blues deluxe, yeah. is that right? Yeah. So that yeah, yeah. there's two things. It's it's for the audience to make sure they can hear you, but it's your part of your sound as well, isn't mm-hmm. it? So. Mm-hmm. You know that you can't carry two of them around. Not one of them never gets used unless the other one breaks. That, but that's the only way to kind of make sure you've got a consistent sound if one or the other if the amp breaks down, right? So that's option number one: carry two of those amps around. Nobody's going to do it. In fact, what most people are going to do if they've got two of those amps is they're going to use them both in a like a stereo rig or something like you know, just completely over the top, but. What Joe I, Bonamassa does it, I believe. He I, does. I believe,
1: he, I, I believe to, to, to serve that purpose, I think he bought all of the Tweed
0: amps in the world, didn't he? To, to just make sure I think that... He, if, I if, think he has them all. Um, <laughs> yeah, Joe Bonamassa's Barnum- <laughs> got all the Tweed amps and Steve luca has got all the stereo rigs. There you go, Ollie. That's right. Take that one out of <laughs> your box. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so he, obviously it's not efficient to carry around for most people um a, a spur like for like amplifier. So you can take a couple of approaches. You can have another amplifier that is, you know, small, lightweight, like a mini head, mm-hmm. like a lunchbox amp kind of thing. What I have as my main amp actually, and I have this because it's lightweight, it's small, I don't have to carry that much around. I use an orange, mm-hmm. orange Terra stamp. Um big fan of the Terra amplifiers in general. They've been around for years. I think they sound superb. Great pedal platform. Yeah. Um and this Terra stamp's great but it's a, it's about the size of a normal guitar pedal so you could have that in your gig bag it's uh and it's a th- um i think it's a 20 watt class d amplifier in there as well so you could plug that straight into mm-hmm. the speaker on your amp um if you had the right adapter um and that way if your combo amp or head goes down you can plug that in straight away and get going and there you go you could even keep it on your board and uh and have a way of switching it in in, in an emergency so um that's one thing you could do. You could carry with you a small profile um, amplifier like that. Ashdown do one as well. Hughes and Kettner do them. Um, so floor bass pedal-sized amp. The other thing you can do is you could keep a preamp with you, something like a Palmer pocket amp or Strymon do one called uh, the um, – what's it called? I forget what it's called, actually – Strymon do one, though. Iridium, that's what yeah. it's called. Sorry, the Strymon Iridium. Oh, is yes, a, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's yeah. a preamp pedal, and it's a really good-sounding um, pedal. And it's just meant to replicate the front end of your amplifier before it goes into a power stage. So um, you could use that as a as a pedal going into your amp, but what you can also do is you can, uh, you, can, um, you can have speaker emulation and power amp emulation built into those preamps, and then you could take a DI straight from the pedal into your PA system. And that way, if your guitar amp goes down, you can still get sound to your audience through your PA system and it'll still sound really good. So using a preamp pedal like that's really good. Um, that's cool. Why aren't we all doing that? Why are we lugging
1: around guitar amps? <laughs> so Why many people do I it. mean, because c- we're all running through PAs and with foldback monitoring and stuff in front of us. I mean...
0: Exactly yeah, that. Just... And, and it's better for your ears almost as well. I mean, so many pro bands now anyway go out with on silent stages with in-ear monitoring and um and what's the point if you're a pro guitarist of dragging your you know your custom made dr z amplifier head and and 4x12 cab to a gig when you can just di straight out of your top quality preamp pedal into the desk and get given a stereo feedback and listen to yourself perfectly you've got more room on stage less things to pack up less things to set up still sounds great you're still getting paid it's a really good way to work anyway i i I agree um but that's a good way you can do it. You can have a preamp pedal on your board as well that you can use in your normal rig with your amp, but it gives you the option to DI out a really good quality sound into your desk. So that's that's something that you can do. And then even cheaper than that, you could just get like a... Electroharmonics do like a um, a power amp pedal. I think MUA do a power amp pedal as well, yeah. uh, which kind of replicates yeah. a uh you know power stage for from a, an amplifier so that's another thing you could do you could just have that on your board and then your pedals can go straight into that and you can just power a speaker cabinet bypass the front end of your amp probably wouldn't sound as good but we're talking about getting out of jail aren't we here rather than exactly the
1: ideal rig. exactly so yeah Mo- moo do one that i've seen which is this baby bomb which is like this 30 watt power amp pedal i I don't know uh can you di out of those into a into a desk as well or is that just for for powering a cabinet
0: it depends if it has speaker emulation as well so yeah of um, course okay some of these preamps that they they either come with or they allow you the ability via usb to upload impulse responses which is basically um, it's a file that tells the the pedal, what, a, what the speaker does to a signal so that when, mm-hmm. when you hear that signal, it sounds like it's coming out of a speaker um, because that's you know, it, it's not just the sound of your preamp that you're hearing from your guitar. It's the power state and it's the speaker that's affecting it. If you were to just listen to the signal straight out of your preamp, it probably wouldn't sound very nice. So you don't want that going to the PA. You want the PA to get something that at least sounds like it's coming out of a speaker. But there's a lot of great cool. products Good out there advice. that do that kind of thing. For not much money, you can have something in your gig bag that gets you out of jail if you're prized Blues Deluxe Amp or Princeton or whatever it is that you've got. If it does die a mm. death, you know, you can still carry on and do the gig.
1: That's good advice, mate. I'm definitely going to look into a couple of those that you've mentioned. and. Um yeah, I mean it's a nice insurance policy to have, isn't it? For even the, the cheap Absolutely. end of that market, for for less than a hundred bucks, just to have something in the gig bag that um, gets
0: you out gets you out of trouble. I think that I think that's worth it. Is there a worse feeling as well? Because I've been there of being oh, a gig and too. knowing something's not quite right. Like I've had problems with my volumes kind of going up and down, and i yeah. could, I'm like, I know something's not right there. I've probably got like a dry joint on a on a on a on a tube or whatever, and it's probably heating up and cooling down because of that. And I'm getting more and less right, and you just, you know, and it's kind of squeaky bum time. The whole gig, isn't it? You're thinking, is it going to blow up? It really up or just, is, uh, man. Yeah, you don't want it. Be prepared. I've scouts I've, on a- oh, us. <laughs> I've had,
1: the, I've had, the same. Yeah, I've had exactly the same thing, and it, and it's really nerve wracking. And you think uh, it's distracting to your playing. Right, oh, that's absolutely. that's what it is, and and it means you can't focus and enjoy the gig. You're constantly worrying: is it gonna is it gonna die completely at any moment? It's just it's just a horrible feeling. And um, uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely something that uh, if that happens mid gig, the ability to be able to just go, okay, you know what, it's not going to be my desired exact tone, but for the rest of the gig, I'll just use this little amp pedal. Um, sort it out at the interval, reroute my signal, and that'll get through me through the second half of the gig, and then I can get my amp serviced or whatever and repaired, uh, ready for the next gig. So, yeah,
0: good exactly shout. that exactly. So that's that's not something everybody would do, but it's definitely I think if you're reg- if you're gigging regularly, it's worth doing for sure. Right.
1: What other things then do we think is useful to have? I mean, obviously, uh, I say obviously, but are we all taking guitar stands
0: and uh, things you like that? Should to... absolutely be taking guitar stands. <laughs> should shouldn't you? Well, I don't I want mean... to rest my. You know, both both my guitars aren't ex- exactly expensive, but they're very very. They mean a lot to me sentimentally because uh, my Strat yeah. was a thirtieth birthday present from my wife, and my Les Paul was a twenty first birthday present from my parents that uh, I'll never get rid of those guitars, and I certainly don't want to damage them unnecessarily like if there's yeah. such a thing as necessary damage but and and then the the easiest way to damage your instruments is to leave them unsupported um and or you know in a, uh, precariously perched against your amplifier or something or against the wall, take a guitar stand that's going to take the weight of your guitar and will not fall over. You don't want something that just topples over anyway, something that supports your guitar well absolutely I would do it.
1: I, I agree. It gives me heart palpitations when I see people at gigs that just lean their gig up against like one of the tables in the, in the bar area or just lean it up against their amp. Yeah. And you know, that's cool. What a, whatever. I mean, it's their stuff, right? They can do what they want with it. But um, for me, like the cost of like a $20, 20 pound uh, guitar stand versus hundreds to repair a broken headstock uh, it, it's, just like, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. Uh, one thing to point out though, that may, people may not be aware of, and this is, uh, we normally do listeners kind of questions at the end, but I'll, I'll do it now. Is someone asked me a question this week, um, where they had a lot of gunk and, uh, kind of build up and residue, uh, between where the headstock joins the neck. Okay. Uh, and they said, do, do you get this on your guitars? You know, from, from. The guitar stands or, or wall hangers and stuff. I was like, no, I don't. And, and there's a reason that I don't. So this person that I was speaking to actually had nitrocellulose guitars. And um, at that point where the guitar stand or wall hanger that they were using comes in contact with the the guitar itself at that juncture between the headstock and the neck, what was actually happening was the foam in the guitar stand or wall hanger uh, bracket was it actually contains chemical compounds that melt nitrocellulose from from uh, when you expose it to that for for too long so there i swear by um a brand called Hercules who make uh guitar stands and more hangers and i mean if you've got polyurethane finished guitars it's fine you can you can generally Use whatever guitar stand, right? Just as you said, Matt. Pick one that's a sensible one that's going to do the job properly and stop your guitar get, uh, getting, you know, knocked over. But if you've got a nitrocellulose finished guitar, really make sure that you um, choose the right um, type of, you know, stand if you are taking it out to a gig or wall hanger if you are hanging them up at, at home. Um, because if you use one that uh, it's generally associated with the cheaper ones, where they use these kind of cheap. Uh, phones which for all intents and purposes look fine they look nice and padded and they look like they'll they'll keep the guitar well supported but if it's a nitro finished guitar it will eat the lacquer and you'll end up with some nasty scarring on on your guitar which is entirely avoidable by by choosing a brand that that utilizes
0: safer materials in it absolutely brilliant advice there make sure you know you're not doing unwanted damage to your guitar when you're trying to protect it by having it <laughs> stood on something or hooked on something that's meant to be there to keep it out of harm's way, right? So yeah, yeah exactly. Great exactly. advice. So yes, All I right. definitely take a guitar stand for for my guitar. I might not take a guitar stand for each guitar, but at least one guitar stand, so that you know I'll probably put one guitar away in its case during a break or before the gig, and then when we're, when I'm playing, I'll have the spur on the stand, and I'm obviously whirring the other guitar. If you yeah. say, if you sing cool. or you do any backing vocals, um, take a spare mic and a spur mic cable as well. That's something else I think should always carry with you. Uh, in fact, even if you don't, it might even be one of those things to carry just in case. Because again, you know, what if the singer <laughs> rocks up and he, and he hasn't got that, you know, microphone in his back pocket that he had to lug all the way to the gig? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, um...
1: I think I'm, I've mentioned this to you before. I think I'm the only person that's managed to successfully and accidentally break a, an SM58 microphone by dropping it yeah. after having it for, for for all of two weeks. Um, I did manage to repair it. I did manage to repair it. It's working again. So it was just a, a broken <coughs> solder joint in it that that I have. So um, I have that working again. But I didn't I didn't know I'd managed to successfully repair it until I took it out the other day. And um, what I bought uh, off Amazon. In the UK is, <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing because I sent you a picture I'm as well. That, I, sent, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I bought this absolutely phenomenal, how can I say this politely without offending people? Because people do get really excited about, and I, kind of angry about uh, copy gear but i basically bought uh, off amazon an replica. sm58 cop a replica let's call yeah, it a, replica, a replica, replica for once and <laughs> i mean basically it's it's a, it's 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 pretty identical and i got it for for seven pounds delivered in the uk that's like <laughs> What's 10 that? about
0: ten dollars yeah <laughs> <laughs> Man,
1: it's perfect it's brilliant right Does okay so good. now i'll fix my sounds absolutely fine mate it sounds brilliant yeah no issues whatsoever uh yeah completely happy with it um okay the sm58s has got the edge but really honestly uh for for a, a ninth of the price of <laughs> the sm58 so now i feel quite smug i've got i've got two mics now you've to got take two sm58s to haven't to take got 2 sm 58s have
0: not you <laughs> Wow! Well, yeah, yeah.
1: From a distance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if
0: you look, a, if you look closer. A chipson, <laughs> a chipson SN50. Oh.
1: <laughs> now you see that's 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 where my that's where my um, cheap skate natures will not allow me to go. I well, mean, uh, you'd never
0: do that. You'd never go and order yourself from you know wherever. Uh, no, I, w- I wouldn't say I would never do that,
1: but I I th- I, I don't mind. I, I don't. I don't mind when a guitar is inspired by another guitar, and then they, they yeah, call it something else, right? And, and go like, okay, so this isn't a Gibson Les Paul; it's mm. uh, the you know vintage equivalent of a single cut Star guitar inspired by that, and that's cool. And even yeah. this SM fifty eight that I've bought, it doesn't. It, it, it's not. It, it's not branded as you know Sennheiser. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, a uh, Shaw uh, mm. you know product. It's um, it's 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 something else, right? Yeah. So yeah, but yeah chips and debate yeah to be discussed (laughs) that's that's for another day that's for another day i tell you what though i'm yet to i'm yet i haven't set one up yet so i don't i I can't comment i'm only only going by what other people have told me and what other guitar techs i've spoken to have told me where they have seen one and they've said it was just a pain to work on and there were so many things that needed fixing on it that it just wasn't worth the, the hassle so um yeah anyway wow to be, to be, to be de- determined. Someone bring me a, someone bring me a Chipson to, to set up, and maybe then I'll be waxing lyrical about how amazing they are. I'll go, this I don't was think brilliant. you will. I don't think you will. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: It's not worth it, is it? Not these days when you can get a Harley Benton for the same money. That it is probably better. So all exactly. people are paying for when they're buying Chipsons is that fake logo on the headstock that actually says Gibson. Yeah. It's not really a Gibson. Again,
1: yeah, I mean, there's the one thing around kind of taking somebody else's intellectual property and passing it off as your own. But the thing that worries me more is we've seen the state of the secondhand guitar market and how currently people are asking ridiculous prices for gear. What worries me is somebody that perhaps is looking to, to kind of buy a used Gibson and is inadvertently through no fault of their own, but just because they might be inexperienced purchases something thinking it's the real deal and it and it turns out not to be
0: yeah exactly you know yeah
1: <clears throat> that's the bit that concerns me and there will be people that that you know will use these guitars as a way of, of making money off people that are less like well informed and I think that's the danger. fine if you want to buy chips and then use it for your own personal amusement and and play it and and have good fun with it great but i uh, I got nothing against that per se. Um, although you probably will have to spend a lot of money trying to get it to play anywhere near as as uh, well as, as as something it's trying to be. Um yeah, but I've I've also heard horror stories of people almost buying them, thinking they were the real thing. That's
0: that's the worrying that's the worrying. That is worrying because you, like you say, you know how much they're going for in the second hand market. That's yeah. you know there's a, yeah. a lot of potential to be ripped off, <laughs> isn't like, <laughs> exactly anyway exactly let's finalize our little gig bag uh you know emergency kit um definitely picks guitar picks batteries yep yeah absolutely definitely. Definitely. batteries and um yeah i, I mean one thing you could do you could do at least even if you've got a pedal board with power supply Let's say that dies, um, maybe you want to quickly rip off the pedal that you need the most, like your gain pedal or whatever, and plug that in without the power supply. Take a battery for it, if it's got a battery, you know. Just another little thought there, I guess, to make sure you can quickly... That's a out, good idea.
1: Know. That's uh, a good idea. If your pedal ball goes down and it's got like 300 metres worth of uh, <laughs> or feet of, of patch lead cabling and you're trying to... F- you know, diagnose of where the fault is. Yeah, so maybe that's that's something again to do once you get home. But just rip off the two the two pedals. You really need to get you through the rest of the gig. Chuck a nine volt battery in them and and um, that's yeah, it. Crack on.
0: That's just good, quickly s- slim down your rig. I mean, you might even want to just unplug out of your pedal board, go straight into your amp, uh, and then buy and isolate it. And actually, we should talk at maybe another time about um, fault finding within your rig because if you do have quite a complex rig. Mm. And most people, I think, do have relatively complex rigs these days with dedicated power supplies and, you know, handmade patch cables and things like that. If something goes down, it shouldn't then immediately be a mystery to you as to how you solve your problem. You should think or have a plan in place as to how you fault find your problem. You know, you have a signal chain from guitar to amp and it's a single linear chain of things that could go wrong. And you should be doing. You should be able to quickly isolate where a problem is. You know, if you unplug your guitar from your pedal board and go straight into your amp, and something's still not working, you know that you know the problem's not your board, right? Um, if you Ooh, go, well, if like you unplug from yeah. your board and go straight into your amp, and everything, and your guitar sounds fine straight into into your amp, you know, right? Okay, my problem's at my board. You should be able to quickly do some quick steps like that to isolate where the problem is in your rig. Um, rather than just go, oh, what is it? Um, just start unplugging random things. You should never just start unplugging random things. Do things carefully to try and isolate where the problem might be. So there's a that's little cool. tip. As that's well. good.
1: Yeah, that's really good. We might we might focus on that on another episode actually. because, yeah. Uh, yeah. There there is that whole kind of fault. Finding within a signal chain, which again becomes an infinitely more tricky thing to do when you've got adrenaline pumping and you've got a banned live situation yeah. happening. And then you find that, you know, all of your common sense goes out the window because you're just trying to figure out what the hell's Exactly wrong.
0: that.
1: Um so yeah, we might put together a, a, another little list about that. Cool. All right. So yes, batteries definitely keep some spare picks, obviously, keep mm-hmm. some. Again, same principle as with your spare packet of strings keep one of those little pick holders stocked with, you know, half a dozen or so of your favorite picks and leave it in the gig bag. Don't, 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 you know, um, take them out. Break glass. (laughs) Break (laughs) break in case of emergencies. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What else? A tuner we've spoken about. Maybe keep a little um, clip on um, tuner just for when you're doing your string changes or whatever. Um, especially definitely if you haven't got one already on your pedal board. Yeah. Other little incidental things as well, like tape, gaffer tape, masking tape, duct tape, whatever you want to call it, to um, just keep things down on the ground and secure, Yeah, cable runs, whatever. That's always useful to keep a roll of
0: that. Now you have a couple of almost non-music related things that you keep in your grab. I do. Which is, I've never thought of until recently. And it's such a brilliant brilliant idea
1: so um de- definitely like the things we've spoken about are your standard yeah. items and then some of them are just kind of general housekeeping things uh, well, again one something else we haven't mentioned is like uh, power strips extension leads keep a couple of those because the plug sockets will never be where you want them the plug sockets will never be where you want them to be uh, at a gig but there's a few things uh, that i keep now in the gig bag and out of everything these are the things that I've used the most. So, uh, <laughs> number number no, 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 number one on the list is uh, some sort of painkiller like ibuprofen, or uh, if you can yeah. over the counter in your country, paracetamol. I mean, it's the unwritten rule of gigging, isn't it? Which is, unless your arm has fallen off, you turn up and you do the gig. So, having a bad having a bad cold or a, or a little bit of minor flu or something like that. Um, isn't really a good enough reason to to not get through the gig, and you know, uh, having having some drugs on hand, or just having a headache, or whatever it may be, just you know, some muscle muscle pain, or whatever it is. Maybe this is just stuff that happens when you get a hold of Matt. Maybe maybe young people don't worry about this stuff. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> used to keep painkillers in my gig bag. <laughs> I don't know when that started happening.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I've think, never I've never I done do. it, but I can think of a number of occasions in the past where I've I've. You know, been unwell at gigs and just wanted to kind of, yeah. I don't want to be here. Yeah. To, I've got a headache or I just don't feel well. And actually having some painkillers and, you know, it would have probably sorted me out. It's a good yeah,
1: tip. Exactly. Exactly. I always have a little ritual now of making sure that I stop off and get some cash out because it's always. Good to have some cash in your pocket because that always comes in handy um, when you get to places and they're like, yeah, we don't we don't take take cards or whatever. So a little bit of cash, and then I'll always go and buy a bottle of water as well. Um, so that's one of my little pre gig rituals: is is get a little bit of cash out in case of emergencies and and get a bottle of water. One to help you take your painkillers. <laughs>
0: It's terrible, isn't it? Like, to help your have, 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 addiction.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say, it's a healthy disclaimer. Uh, this is this is stri- strictly strictly legal uh, pharmaceuticals, yeah. over the counter stuff, and uh, please please use responsibly. Um, yeah. This isn't this isn't to numb the pains of general life. This is just in case you're actually genuinely ill. And uh, uh, earplugs, earplugs. We haven't spoken about this, right? But um, increasingly. Um, I think this is something that people need to be really conscious of. And you can get decent earplugs, which have a degree of uh, kind of acoustic sensibility to them, such that they don't completely deaden all of the sound and make it impossible for you to play or hear um, what you're trying to do. But I think it's really important to to look after your ears as well. So something I've just started to do really is is carry earplugs with me so that if it feels like it's uncomfortably loud on stage, um, then I I can protect my ears a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, you don't want to end up with any conditions that stop you from making music. When you know it's something that we all want to continue doing as long as we can. Exactly, mate. Exactly.
1: So yeah, that's that's our list of about twenty odd twenty odd things that I think we've covered there. That's, yeah, that's quite a lot. It's good.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and and uh, one thing I'd just probably add on to the end as well is is especially now because I guess a lot of us are going to be going into. Gigs in the summer after not gigging for a long time is do a bit of preparation before you gigs in you know learning your songs feel try and get a bit more gig fit um, understanding your material mm. and and just do a little bit of maintenance like we said go back to episode six and seven of the guitar Smarts podcast where we talked about your eight tips Kieran for looking after your instrument and and uh, and taking care of it but also do the same thing for your amp and for your pedal board you know take your connections out of your pedal board give everything a clean get the dust off of it give yourself the best chance of not having any problems when you get back to gigging.
1: Yeah, that's good advice. I did the same to my pedal board the other day. Just um, didn't completely strip it down, but, you know, some of those little bits of Velcro here and there needed replacing, a couple of little bits of cable management needed improving, and just, you know, got it properly ready so that it's going to... You know, it's not going to be a case of when I get to that, that first kind of gig that it's kind of like, oh, I hope everything works. It's kind of like, no, everything's good to go. <laughs> yeah, it's all good it's to joking. go. So, yeah, no, it's really useful. I think what we'll do, mate, is um, we'll put this list on our social media um, sites, right? We'll put it on yes. our Instagram page and on our Facebook page so um, people can just have that list to kind of check through as they're, as they're packing their uh, up for their first gigs um when when we can get back out there again because it's it 's quite a useful little checklist just to just to have to hand so um once this episode is out um yeah you 'll be able to get that list off our off our facebook and instagram
0: yeah. fantastic and i think our uh, our overall mantra here right is just be prepared and look after your equipment properly
1: yeah absolutely you 'll enjoy the gig you'll you 'll enjoy the gig more, and if anything goes wrong you 're there you 're sorted yeah um, so
0: so my last question to you, I will always ask you this, what have you been listening to this week? And have you been playing guitar?
1: Yeah, so this week, again, um, prepping for gigs. So learning a bunch of uh, stuff. Um, I've got uh, another band that I'm going to go and uh, have a look at and with a view to, to perhaps joining them for, for, for the future. And that is all kind of classic rock stuff. So there's a, there's a few rock bands that I've been um, kind of uh, making some introductions with. And so yeah, my my next week looks like learning a whole bunch of uh, classic rock stuff um, to to kind of uh, use in anger uh, at some gigs. Hopefully, so yeah, I'm enjoying that. It's been it's been it's a nice challenge to, and we'll probably cover this in another episode. Getting ready for like. Uh, band tryouts and joining yeah. a new band and things yeah. like that and, and, and what it means to learn that material and integrate with a new bunch of musicians so yeah i've got lots of homework uh ahead of me for for the next couple of couple of weeks
0: awesome
1: yeah how about you mate what, what's uh what's when your pra- well, practice rotor at the moment
0: I've, mainly my practice has been slow recently uh just because work's been quite busy but when i have been practicing i'm trying to actually get my picking speed up a little bit. Um, if you remember when we spoke to Matt Lake, he said, um, it's good to kind of record yourself every so often so that you can see your progress. So that's the thing I'm working yeah. on because I want to, you know, record myself, uh, doing kind of like a little picking speed exercise, um, and then being able to compare those videos. So I'm working on that. Um, music wise, just been listening to, you know, uh, what I would usually listen to really a bit of Clapton, some Brian Adams stuff, actually some uh, random blues playlists and stuff. Um, <coughs> Toto, um, some other people. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's been it's been a, lot. Been a good, week.
1: good man, good man. Well, look, absolute pleasure, pleasure chatting to you today. I'm, I tell you what, I'm really pumped up and excited now to to get back out there. Especially yeah, now too. we've got our we've got our gig bag sorted uh, after this. Exactly.
0: Uh, so yeah, cool, cool, brilliant man. Well, it's good to see you. Another good chat.
1: Yeah, likewise.
0: Have a cracking week. Likewise. and I
1: will speak to you later on yeah cheers Matt always a pleasure mate speak to you soon
0: all the best see you later Matt another really interesting conversation this week we hope you enjoyed it come back for more next week from the Guitar Smarts team come say hello to us on our social media pages remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts so you never miss a show thanks again and see you soon